Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, where we get comics, pop culture, and sports, and it has been a minute. Uh, we have not recorded a podcast in close to a month due to some unforeseen circumstances. We lost a podcast along the way, unfortunately, uh, to the abyss, and uh, quite frankly, I've been busy uh, rebuilding my basement slash podcast studio anyway. But uh, we're back now, and uh, we're ready to talk some hockey. Joining me today is uh, Craig Needles. How the heck are you, Craig? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? No, not bad at all. Not bad at all. We're here on, uh, we're recording this on uh, Canada Day, probably the most uh, somewhat uh, bittersweet, I would say, is a word, uh, you know, for a Canada yeah, Day of my uh, lifetime. Not feeling, not feeling great about it, and for good reason. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's been a, it's been a tough go with uh, the finding of the, what's going on with residential schools, and yeah, so... Uh, what I what I said today on the the internet on the old Twitter machine was the following. Yeah, I thought that was very good. Sorry, before yeah, you go Canada into it, I has, just want to. Yeah. Yeah, Canada has and will and, and continue to do some very good things. There are people who have come to Canada whose lives have been made better. There are people who have come to Canada whose lives have been saved because Canada has had significant immigration from different countries in the world. However, that does not erase the horrific things that um, the country has done and in some cases continues to do to indigenous Canadians. So there is uh, well, if you, just indigenous peoples in general is, 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 a, is a better way to phrase that. So there is um, there's that a- aspect of it. So for me, it's uh, it's a day where you sort of think about how we can do better. Uh, I get the people who say, hey, you know what? I don't want to do, you know, the fireworks thing. That's I, I understand that emotion. That's 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 OK. Um, will we feel differently next year? You know, we'll see, probably not, uh, at least for some, but, um, even though Canada has done some really great things and, and Canada continues to be a country that, that helps people who need it. Um, we have not done a good job of, uh, uh of taking care of our own, uh, or perhaps in just from a historical perspective, uh, we came in here and, and killed a bunch of people who were here first. So uh, that is just the way things are. So uh, future Canada days, we'll see what the uh, what the atmosphere is like. But for now, pretty somber, for fair to say. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, th- I think we can get back to celebrating next year. But let's see some for those in power in this country and those with the ability to do so. Let's see some receipts on, on a lot of this stuff. Like, let's, yeah. yeah, that's that's as simple as that. Like, let's let's see some receipts and then we can get back to celebrating because this really is a great country. I really I really love working here and I love calling myself a Canadian. But this is this is, you know, the last couple of months specifically have just been awful with you yeah. know, discoveries yeah. and with what went on in London and just. Yeah, ugh. really. Tragic. Um, and I, I, I see no better way to segue into uh, those tragic events than into a, another just unconscionably tragic event that is going on within the NHL that is getting it's, it's gaining. It's been gaining steam over the last three days, Craig. But I would I would say that it, it is for, for my mind. I don't know if you agree with me, but it is not being talked about enough in 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 the hockey circle right now. And, and it's a lot of that has to do with hashtag because it's the cup. But like, for the love of God, this thing, this 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 these allegations with the Chicago Blackhawks, they, they've got to be talked about more. This is I mean, this is bad. This is really, really bad. And this is. Something that is is it 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 
whether people are willing to admit this or not, this has been ingrained within the, the, the within hockey culture for years. We think about what happened with Thierry and Fleury. We think about what happened with with Maple Leaf Gardens having a a freaking underground ring of of yep. sexual assault and whatnot. This is this is for whatever reason ingrained in hockey culture has been for the entirety of the league's existence. It's- yeah, and to me, it's it's like obviously the the, the sexual mm-hmm. assault is the is, is the result, but to me, the thing that's ingrained in hockey culture is um, you do you do what's right for the team and you, you shut up and if you if you're yeah. if you, you 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 do what the coach says and the people in the position of power because of that attitude essentially get a blank check. So that's mm-hmm. how someone like Graham James is able to operate. He gets a blank check because no one's questioning the guy because he's in a position of power until, you know, Sheldon Kennedy and Theron, uh, uh, subsequently Theron Fleury come along. So it's just the, the Blackhawk situation, just to, to catch people up, two players say they were sexually abused by a video coach during the 2010 Stanley Cup playoffs or, or, or 2000, uh, yeah, 2010 Stanley Cup playoffs. The, the Blackhawks subsequently won the Stanley Cup. They, of course, didn't appear to do anything about it. A guy winds up on the advice of the players taking it to management saying, hey, look, this is something that happened here. This is what went down. And management doesn't do a thing about it. Why did they not do a thing about it? There's all sorts of different theories about that. The guy winds up losing his job with the Blackhawks anyway. He's not necessarily fired. It's sort of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you've got to go type of situation. But he's gone eventually. And when he's gone, he winds up going to work at a high school hockey program. And you can imagine what happened there. there there's court cases. There's all this stuff. So the moral of the story is this was something that was going on within the Blackhawks. There was a meeting with the Blackhawks higher up, higher ups about this. That's what the reporting from The Athletic says and the reporting from TSN. that Blackhawks higher ups had a meeting about this. And it appeared as though just nothing was done about it. No one went to the cops. No one did really anything that I think is their duty to have done in this situation. So clearly, obviously, specifically, that leaves you thinking, what the hell's going on within the Chicago Blackhawks organization where someone, this Brad Aldrich, is working for you. You are of the belief he sexually abused two players. A high school calls you up and says, hey, can you coach our kids? And no one says, that's a terrible idea. How the hell does that happen? Yeah, that's... Because two players the Blackhawks who were abused, one could put together a reasonable argument. The Blackhawks couldn't have known that Brad Aldrich was going to do that or was going to be accused of doing that. One could put together an argument that, hey, that's not on the Blackhawks, that's on Brad Aldrich. And that's fair. That's fair. If, If Brad Aldrich did what these two players said, yeah, it's on him. Everything he did after leaving the employ of the Blackhawks, that's on the Blackhawks. Yeah, like he he made his how way else all, how he, else you how else you figure it out? Like what what else can you say if a high school is calling you and saying, yeah, we're gonna hire this guy that was your video coach to come work with kids, and you don't like run to the door to yeah. get your to drive to the high school to put a stop to it? What the hell are you doing? Yeah, this is bad. This is a real how do you sleep at night thing going on here. Like, I, I just, I don't get what went on with the Blackhawks. And, and all of it seems to have stemmed from 
just garbage like hockey culture of like it's 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 literally the scene in Goodfellas and I hate invoking Goodfellas because this is my favorite movie but it's literally the scene when uh after Henry gets pinched and De Niro comes up to him and he's like you know pays him you know gives him the money and he's like hey everybody gets pinched but you did the right thing you kept your mouth shut right it's it's that thing except those guys were stealing cigarettes and this is people are you know, sexually, sexually abusing children. Those things are not the same. I'm sorry. Like crimes are crime. Not all crimes are equal for the love of God. It is, it is just, it is, this, this is unconsciously bad. And the thing that is really chapping my butt on this one is the NHL. To me, it seems like their hope on this thing is keep their heads down Plow through because, like, nobody's talking about the Blackhawks today. Everybody's talking about how the Habs had 44 shots or whatever the heck last night and lost. And they're they're hoping that that continues to go. And then after that, they're going to move into the Seattle expansion draft. And then they're going to go right into free agency in the draft. And then we'll be talking about the season starting. And they're just going to hope that this is all going to blow over. That seems... That seems to be the thing, and it just might because that's what hockey culture does. Is they just they don't talk about these things. They move on, and it's just ah oh, whatever, you know, just you know pucks in deep, uh, you know, one game at a time, sort of. And it's just like they, they, who was it that they interviewed on the Blackhawks that that oh god who was it? What like Brent Brent Sopel? Uh, John Portetti, the former uh, the former coach. Is that who you're thinking of? Was it no? They're one of the players. Like Brent Sopel came out, and Brent Sopel had Brent the tweet Sopel was on Twitter and 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 basically said, "Hey, everybody knew about this." Yeah, and big ups to Brent Sopel for coming forward and and, and saying that. But there uh, was has gone public about this as well. He was on that team. Yeah, somebody came out though who was a former player of the Blackhawks and just gave like a a, a I could not believe it. It was a cliche hockey answer where he was just like, well, oh, you know. Nick Letty, sorry, Nick Boynton, like, yeah, candidly. Nick yeah, Letty Nick... from the Oscars from their season ending, you know. Mm-hmm. But here's what I will say about Nick Letty's answer there. Nick Letty was a Blackhawks prospect when that happened. He wasn't on the team. Fair. He's never met Bill in his life. Yeah, I just and, – and I'm not saying that Nick Letty had anything involved or that he, he might not have known anything and then stuff like that. I just didn't like the, oh, it's a great organization over there. I know that they're good guys and stuff because, like, that's just, like – that's just blanket hockey statement stuff that he's been told to say for his entire life. And that's all you say. And you just keep it like that to not get yourself in trouble. And it was like, you, you read the room on this one, dude, this is clearly not a great organization because they allowed a child molester to run rampant. Not only did this guy like, like, as you mentioned earlier, they moved him out of uh hockey and or out of the nhl and he got downgraded to high school which is appalling enough but then he started getting promoted again craig he was at the university of miami for a little bit and then the people at the university of miami figured like obviously found out that this guy was doing stuff because they booted his ass out of there so obviously that stuff kept going and it was just like and like we and i'm a fan of the miami hurricanes and we all know they don't necessarily have a a sterling reputation for you know obeying the rules and whatnot, but that's more of like in terms of cheating on the field, not necessarily, you know, and you know, like, you know, if you're going to like throw a cocaine party for your guys in the late eighties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's not good yeah. to be here, but it's not this other yeah. things we've seen in sports, not good, but not this. Yeah. Like, God damn it, man. I just, I, I hate it. Like, and it, it, it's weird that it falls on, 
I don't know. Tim, like, maybe I'm wrong on this, but it seems to me like like none of the Sportsnet guys talk about this. This this bugs me, and I hate to like. And here's here's what I'll say about it. I was yeah. bothered by the same thing, and continue to be bothered by it. To be clear, mm-hmm. I was bothered by the same thing from the perspective of there were two hockey night in Canada broadcasts after the athletic story came out. Two. Mm-hmm. Where no one on the panel mentioned this a word of it shameful shameful and a you're talking about hockey how is this not the biggest story in hockey mm-hmm. b it came off as what you were talking about earlier which is the nhl saying essentially during this scandal we're gonna hide under some coats and hope that somehow everything works out yep. like that's essentially their plan and then they realized, oh, it's not going to happen that way. And look, I, you know, Elliot Friedman, uh, I think, is the best. Like now that Bob McKenzie's sort of into semi-retirement, I think that Elliot Friedman is the best full-time working journalist in, in hockey right now. Great trades and news and all that stuff. I shouldn't say journalist because, you know, Katie Strang, Rick, Rick Westhead have, have done a lot of stuff on this. But like when it comes to like the Love Katie book, Strang. Huge yeah, yeah, fan of Katie Strang on the crossover podcast. Uh, but, but when it comes to like, you know, being the insider, uh, mm. yes. I think that it was disappointing and people, I, I think it's fair to be disappointed in the way that Elliot Friedman and Hockey Net in Canada handled this, which yeah. was they didn't handle it enough. And yeah. I'll tell you, for 72 hours, the only person who draws a paycheck from Rogers who mentioned this anywhere, podcast, on the internet, anywhere, was Steve Dangle. Yes, big and ups I'm, to Dangle and Adam Wilde and those guys for yeah. really dry. And they continue every podcast that they do, because I listen to the Dangle podcast, even though I'm not a, a Leafs fan. They are the only ones I've seen in the hockey world um, outside of, like, the Katie Strangs, as you've mentioned, and journalist-wise. They're the only ones with any Jews. Any, oh, up here, I would say, uh, north of the border. Like, they're the only ones up here that are continuously hammering that we got to keep talking about this. This cannot go away. We've got to... Just keep this in the limelight. We can't let the NHL just not mention this because it's gross. Uh, the, the Breaking Bad, he can't keep getting away with it meme. Yeah. Um, what, but he, what, here's the thing, though. I love Steve Dangle. Mm-hmm. Um, if he is the like the moral compass, the one person in the company who's willing to stand up and do the right thing, that doesn't say a lot for the company. Because you're supposed to have other journalists who are sort of more quote unquote serious that are doing that, and they clearly aren't. Mm-hmm. So you know they they wind up mentioning on Thirty One Thoughts, and and I didn't watch every second of the Hockey Night in Canada broadcast for the one and two games one and two is kind of like a finals of pregame show. They may have mentioned a bit there, but they Sportsnet was just way behind on this, way behind, and I'm not I can't say that I know for sure. But it came off as NHL rights holder trying to do the league a favor. Yeah. And as much as there's been explanations, like, you know, Elliot Friedman says, hey, I wanted to do my own work on this, which is fair. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about it sort of long form, but you can still, you know, you can still retweet something, you know. Um, Nonetheless, if it came off as that and no one from Rogers has said otherwise. And I'm not saying that means they're guilty. All I'm saying is a lot of people have said this was a rights holder protecting the league. 
and no one has said to Ro- no one from Rogers has said no 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 that's not what happened here and maybe it's a thou doth protest too much situation so they don't want to say they didn't do that but you, you get what I'm saying that is something that it, it came off that way and no one's saying otherwise yeah for sure it it just it, it definitely looks like they're they just are not gonna mention this or at least maybe they'll start mentioning it once the cup is over like i couldn't tell if the vibe in sportsnet was exactly what you said where it's they're doing a league a favor or if it's just we're going to cover this after the cup because we don't want this thing besmirching this great run that like you know because they finally got it like they've been the nhl rights holder for seven years now i think sportsnet this is the first time they've had a canadian team in the finals during that run if memory serves correct and they're like so i can see i can see some of the brass up there going oh god really this blackhawks thing drops the year we finally get a canadian team and like not not just any canadian team but a canadian team that would have you know would have missed the playoffs in a regular season and everybody said you know leafs in three including myself on this podcast leafs in three and now they're just on this insane run nobody gave them a chance and and you know the the finals get here we've got a canadian team and oh my god this blackhawks scandal uh drops and so we're, we're, we're and and just go like so it's one it's one of the two for me of for, for that thing because it, like it's it's either that or you were just you know just trying to do the league a favor and i i i, I don't know which Either one of them are good Neither of them are, are fantastic reasons for you not to be at least tangentially mentioning mentioning this at at, at any point. Um, I I, I haven't like I just think that with 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 Steve Dangle's shtick, if he's the only person in your company who's mentioning what's the biggest mm-hmm. story, in the, that's bad. That's, that's that, very you, bad. You can't, you can't have that. You can't. And like that. Dangle might feel like he has some. I don't you know I don't want to put things on him, but like he might feel like like he came into all the all the hockey success he came into on his own through his YouTube channel through that if he didn't start nobody like if he didn't start that youtube channel nobody would have discovered him or anything like that and he's he's been where he's been because of what he's done grinding on the internet and you know that his audience isn't going to go away if i'm like i'm like sportsnet obviously boosts up his numbers and give him a better platform but his audience probably isn't going to go away if he starts saying this not necessarily in defiance of the company right that might not be the same for other such people right yeah we're getting into the weeds there but you know maybe that's a bit whereas you know i've got like as long as i've got access to my youtube password i'm going to be able to make a career out of talking hockey no matter what and here's Mm -hmm. the thing would tsn pick up friedman if he was like go by sportsnet in two seconds they would yeah but you know what you know what i mean it's just like i don't know it just it, it came off really really poorly and I just don't think there's any other way to say it than that. It came off like the the the, the company that holds NHL broadcast rights is the one that's way behind on talking about it. That comes yeah. off really badly. Like there's yeah. just no other. And way I to say love it. all those guys too, which is why I'm I'm really creased about this, is because I think I think they've they've got a ton of good people working for that network, and I just couldn't believe that they didn't go after this thing as as like a. Is a real like I don't know like this could have been somebody's Aaron Brockovich moment for God's sake right like and and I'm I'm just like ugh I I, I the, well let's and, about, you know we, we're we're talking about the media aspect of it let's talk about where the league could go with it because I don't I, I don't know if I agree from the perspective I, I think there's a chance the league does something 
I think there was a time when the league might have thought, you know what, mm-hmm. we don't have to like this will just go away. I don't think they believe that anymore. And I think that we're in a situation where some pretty damning stuff has come out when you have some people who have worked for the organization and said, hey, this is something that happened. Brent Sopel saying this is something that happened. Daniel mm-hmm. Carcilla, who played for the Blackhawks, was he on the 13 or 15 team? One of the two cup winning teams. But he's yeah. playing for the Flyers in the 2010 final. He said, I knew about this in 2010, and I was on the other team. God. I so, missed that. I didn't hear that. Where did he say yeah. that? Danny Garcilla is a great Twitter follow, by the way. And he I've is. had a chance to a couple times. And he he's a guy who really talks about, hey, things are messed up in hockey. And Danny Garcilla did some messed up things when he was playing, and he's trying to m- make amends for those things. Yeah, as far as, like, bullying uh, and stuff like that, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Trying to make amends for those things and sort of calling up the culture, which is good. And, yeah. I, and I like it a lot. Um, so I look at that and say, I don't, I have a hard time believing that Stan Bowman will still be the general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks when the next, when next season begins. Oh, if he is, I'll be livid. Like absolutely livid. If, if but he, don't, if, don't like, you have to sort of like John McDonough already doesn't work there anymore. He was already fired for hockey reasons. So yeah. he's one of the people who was in that meeting. Don't you have to say, Hey, Stan, you were in this meeting and you're fired. Absolutely. And I think it makes it easier by the fact that Stan Boom and, quite frankly, Kirk hasn't been very good lately well, as a GM, right? Thing. There's the other thing is they might have needed a change in the GM's chair even without all this. And, yeah. and that, I'm not saying that to minimize what happened here, but it's from the perspective of if you're running the Blackhawks, don't you say, you know what? We can go. Yeah. Like we we can make him the fall guy here and we can be done with it. And Dan, you won three Stanley Cups for us. Great. Thanks for this. But mm-hmm. you can go. Like there's just been too I, many I, I think he'll be the GM of the uh, of, uh, I think he might be done working in hockey. I think this might be it. Because I, this is going to attach the job application he ever fills out to borrow a quote from you good men. Um yeah, I just think I think that's this should be it for him. Will the league bring down penalties on the Chicago organization. I'm less sure of that. Yeah. Uh, I know what I would do um, yeah. that they would never do. And I've tweeted this a couple of times about my, what my scorched earth policy on this would be. And this would never happen, but this is the most effective maneuver that the NHL could make. But again, like I said, this is a pipe dream. They would never do it, but all uh, Reggie Bush and USC they would have to strip the Chicago Blackhawks of the three Stanley Cups they won in the 2010s. Those would be null and void. Everybody's name who is on the Stanley Cups gets taken away. They are taken off. They are off the record. Um, Jonathan Taves, you no longer have three Stanley Cups. Sorry, bud, but that's just the way it's going to be. I mean, we'll know that they won those Cups, but... This is the only thing hockey culture people would recognize is if the if the, the the grand chalice that they all bleed and fight for and and bury things like sexual assault allegations um, in order to win is tangentially stripped from them and you know and and they become pariahs. That is the only thing from where I'm sitting that would create a immediate change in hockey culture, which would be like, okay, I don't want to win a cup and then have it taken away. So we're not doing this stupid shit going forward. Right. Like in, in, in locker rooms and, and, and whatnot, because like it, from where I'm sitting, we have enough 
evidence um, from people to suggest that the Blackhawks brass had a meeting in 2010, knew about all of this, and said, okay, we're not telling anybody about this because we're in the middle, because we're in the Western Conference Finals right now, and I don't want this story getting out there and messing with the chemistry of what we got going on right now. And they did that hashtag because it's the cup, Craig. And to me, and and I, I and this is this is a pipe dream. This will never happen. Um, most likely, the Blackhawks will probably the the I don't know the NHL. You figure they'll take away a couple of picks or something, right? I think that it, uh, here's what I think they could or should. Mm-hmm. I I don't think they'll do erasing of records for a couple reasons. One. Uh, you're getting after a lot of people there who had literally nothing to do with this. I know, but this is why it has. It we have to. I'm sorry, some people who have nothing to do with this are going to have to go down. Then this is my this is my thing because they're not going to like. I cannot stress this enough. They're not going to strip because the NHL hold like they like their records are sacred, hollowed ground within the within the the league and the culture, right? So that that's why this would be something that would hit home and hit hard and would I quite frankly, think, produce immediate results. But they're never going to do that, right? They're never going to avoid the 2010 Blackhawks Cup, right? Like, that's that's just not going to happen. But yes. I, I think everybody would immediately sit up and take notice if they did that is, is the... Is the um, yeah, and, and I'm sure they would, but for the reasons you outlined, and I, like I said, I, I think you're getting after some people there that, that mm-hmm. don't have gotten after. So here's what I think you can do. One loss of, of, of draft picks and significant fines. You can do that. You can also impose a lifetime ban for everyone who is in that meeting. Stan Bowman, you are a, a lifetime ban from working in the NHL. Yeah, you John McDonough, lifetime ban from working in the NHL. Uh, Al McIsaac, uh, who's still with the organization, lifetime ban from working in the NHL. The, yeah, the, yeah. Those are the only people who's who. The, those are the three, the only three who we know were in that meeting and were part of the decision to not do this. Mm-hmm. Give them lifetime bans. You take a couple of first round draft picks away. And look, the league's been taking first round draft picks away lately. The Arizona Coyotes don't have one this year mm-hmm. because they were screwing around with prospect testing that they shouldn't have been doing. So, uh, why can't you do that for Chicago? And I think there's a chance that they do. I I think that at one point the league might have thought this is going to go away, but now they know it won't. So now they kind of have to do it. And I will say from a competitive perspective, this is a little bit different from the 2017 Astros, where I did advocate removing the trophy there, only because you go to the locker room and say, you guys were all in on this. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is a bit of a different thing. It's, it's you know, I, I understand that stealing signs in baseball is far less egregious than what's happened here. I understand that one crime is different than the other, but it's just the way that the two crimes were carried out. Yeah. That makes me feel like, differently. Like the people, the guys on the field knew and had something to do with it. But like, I, I, I singled out Jonathan Taves earlier, Jonathan, like, I'm not sure what Jonathan Taves. Taves but here's the thing. Jonathan Taves was a 21 yeah. year, 21. Yeah. When this- what was he going to do? Right. Like, I mean, like he, he as far as he knows, because mm-hmm. they, Paul Vincent, and this is something that that Nick Boynton talked about, and I think Brent Sobel tweeted about it. Uh, Paul Vincent was working with the team. He was a skills coach that with and and the guys on the team all loved past tense and still love the guy today. They all really like the guy. That's the guy they went to and said, "Hey, Brad Aldridge did something to these two players. Yeah, you got to handle this for us." And Paul said, "Okay," and takes it to 
John McDonough, Stan Bowman, Al McIsaac. That's the reporting from The Athletic right now. Or T- that, That's Athletic and TSN reporting combined into one sentence from me. Um, so from the player's perspective, all they knew is that at the end of the season, Brad Ollers doesn't work here anymore. Yeah. So from their perspective, I'm not going to say done and dusted, but from their perspective, hey, this guy did something really awful to one of our players or two of our players. He's gone now. That at least makes you feel there was some accountability, even that they didn't go to the cop. Like, and if the two players involved didn't want to go to the cops, and that's it, right? So to me, when things started to go badly for or when you have to when the Blackhawks crossed the threshold of from, oh, we're just being ridiculous and handling this poorly to cartoonish super villainy was when a high school calls them up and says, hey, yeah, we want to hire Brad Aldridge. And no one says anything. That's when that's when the line got crossed here. Yeah. And there's a chance that no players ever knew such things occurred. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the that's the thing. So um, I don't really want to I don't know if it's fair to pin this on anyone who was on the roster as far as it getting this out of control. I think it sits with McDonough, Bowman, McIsaac and whoever else may have been in that meeting. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the thing is. Oh, and James Gary, the former skills coach doesn't work there anymore. I like your idea of lifetime bans for sure. I I, I think that if you were in that meeting, you don't Mm. work in NHL again for the rest of your life. Yeah, I like that. Pete Rose is a lifetime ban, as he should. That's fine. Why can't we do lifetime bans here? Like, you take some draft picks away and whatnot, but now, if you get caught doing this, this is your reputation forever. And here's the thing. Stan Bowman was the architect of a dynasty. If he receives a lifetime ban, what's the first thing that's going to come up when you Google Stan Bowman? Yeah, he's lifetime banned. So if you really want to make an example of some people, and I think you should, this is what you do. Uh, Will the league do these things? I don't know. But I think this is what they should do. And I, I understand that from the league's perspective, to be clear... I don't think that they've done anything wrong yet. They've done what they can to this point. Because I fully believe that the NHL didn't know about this. Until oh, for sure. What started happening this year. Um, so that's that's the question I've got. Now, the other point I want to talk about is Kevin Dayoff and Mark Bergevin. Yeah, this is where it starts to get even more dicey right if, like, if the guys that are playing for the 2010 philadelphia flyers knew about this mm-hmm. have day off and mark bergevin knew about this now mark bergevin said i was never in any meeting and i was never part of any decision i no reporting says otherwise mm-hmm. and i absolutely believe that's true and, and just if you're trying to keep up mark bergevin is currently the general manager of the montreal canadians at the time he was the director of player personnel for the chicago blackhawks now, some, I don't know if saved is the right word, but Mark Bergevin left to go work in Montreal as the GM not long after that Stanley Cup was handed out. Mm-hmm. So 
he wasn't around for the fallout. I don't think he was the guy getting the phone call saying, hey, do you think we should hire this uh, this uh, Brad Alders character? I don't think that was something that he was involved in. Kevin Chevaldeoff is gone a year later. Maybe it's a little bit different for him. But I think that there is some question about, hey, what did you guys know? And if you guys knew this had happened and you knew the organization wasn't doing anything about it, why didn't you say anything? I'm not advocating lifetime bans for those guys because who knows where in this puzzle they fit in. Because no one's reported they were in that meeting and, and I have no reason to believe they were and I don't think anyone else does either. But those guys should be answering some questions. And I know Mark Bergevin sort of answered it kind of in a one-off right before the Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he answered in three sentences and I said two of the three sentences, I believe. The third sentence, I didn't know about it at the time. That might be true. But when you say at the time, you're then creating your own what the time is, right? His the time could have been May of 2010. But this was still going on in June of 2010, July of 2010. You know what I mean? So his at the time could be whatever time he is is created in his head. So he might need to answer some questions in more detail is something I would say. But did he make the decision to not go to the cops? Was he in that meeting? I don't believe that he was. Kevin Sheveldayoff, same deal. I want to hear from Kevin Sheveldayoff on this, though. We haven't heard from him. Let's get some quotes. Yeah. We haven't heard out from him because he's out of the playoffs, right? The only right. reason we've heard from Bergevin is because he's still there. Bergevin, if, if Bergevin had a loss to Vegas in the second round or in the finals. Um, uh, no, they, they would have had their postseason newser. But yeah, I will say, you know what? You're right. But well, so, okay. Let's say he got knocked out by the jet by the Jets or by the Leafs. Let, let's say the Leafs score in one of the two overtimes and Bergevin's out. He, yeah, we haven't we haven't heard. There, there would be yeah, no Mark Bergevin quote. The other reason why we wouldn't have heard from Bergevin if that hadn't happened because the Montreal Canadiens fired. <laughs> Montreal Canadiens no longer employ Mark Bergevin. Yeah, overtime yeah. game five. The margins are that thin in the National Hockey League. Yep, <laughs> like, that's exactly. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. God, um, I don't know. So one of the th- I don't know where this goes is the thing, uh, but it's going to hang over the league all summer. Yeah, and here's hopefully. the big question that I've got: We have an expansion draft coming up, like you said. We have an mm-hmm. NHL draft coming up, and we have July first coming up, and the Blackhawks have some money to spend. Mm-hmm. If the Blackhawks sign a guy like Dougie Hamilton or acquire a guy like Seth Jones, typically there's a news conference that comes along with that. Mm-hmm. If you're the Chicago hockey team, do you want Stan Bowman to be at that? Probably oh, not. God. I would. I, I don't want to. I, I think they should probably just put him on some sort of leave of absence today. Mm-hmm. They won't. Maybe they're waiting for after the final. And if that's the case, all right. But you put him on a leave of absence and you have someone else run the day to day of the team for a little while here. It, it does seem to me like a lot of moving and shaking on this will be done as soon as the cup is awarded. But even then, that's just like a why are we waiting for the chalice to get awarded to the team before we move on this thing? That is, yeah, like for, for, quite for, frankly, for, way more important than the Stanley yes, Cup. I'm sorry. I agree. And from a logic perspective, the Chicago Blackhawks are not one of the two teams who might win this trophy. <laughs> yes. You can, you can put Stan Bowman on. And you don't even have to call it a suspension. Call it a leave of absence. You can put him on that today if you want it. It's not going to change anything. Now, has the league said don't do that because we don't want you distracting from the final? There's a good chance that conversation's been had, you would suspect. But that doesn't justify it, of course. Hmm. 
Last thing I want to say on this. If you are one of the, I'm going to say scumbags, who tweeted anything along the lines of how was this man able to overpower the hockey players? They are professional hockey players. How was this able to happen? Fuck you. Okay? Like, yeah. absolutely fuck you. I'm sorry. I might have to edit that out, Craig. But that was just like, I just, I just, just from the bottom of my soul, get fucked like for saying so for tweeting something well, like it's that true. like a, there was intoxicants involved yeah like that there's there like and even then like we we don't know what went down we know something inappropriate and horrific happened but the idea of saying well why did you just handle this like is is ridiculous and it's blaming the victim and that's yeah god i hate a, it i hate it yep. so much ah oh. Anything else you want to add before we pivot to a, a, a somewhat lighter topic? As far uh, as no, this no, we'll, uh, we'll probably talk about this more sort of as uh, as it goes on. As it goes, but, yeah, yeah. At some point this summer, um, the Chicago hockey team is going to uh, mm-hmm. want to do a news conference about you know their operations and a player they've acquired. Mm. Um, it's going to be awkward if Stan Bowman's at it. Hell yeah. I mean, it, I mean, last night, I mean, you mentioned it earlier. They've got some cap space, the Blackhawks. They could make some moves here. Like, I was texting you last night. We, we were trying to figure out where Philip Deneau was going to end up tomorrow. Cause, or end up tomorrow, sorry. End up in the in the offseason. Because Deneau's probably going to... They have priced um, himself in Montreal, yes. Yeah, he's definitely priced himself out of Montreal. He's going to get well, seven... There's the alternative that he doesn't take the highest offer and stays in Montreal. But true. if you for cash, yeah, you can go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, he could get a seven by seven. He like, because what? What did you say? He turned down a five by six, I think, for from he turned down thirty million dollars over six years. So five. Yeah, million. yeah. So it's five. Yeah, he turned down the five by six. He's gonna get set. Like some team's gonna give him seven by seven, or something in that range, I think. And the Blackhawks could have been one of those teams. But I'm just like, if you're Philip Deneau, are you like, ooh, 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 ooh? I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's the particular team I would like to sign with at this particular it's moment. It's going to and be then, a, a people coming to that organization for sure. Yeah, for and sure. then and and then a t- and then today I was listening to the Thirty One Th- uh, Thoughts podcast again, and uh, it seems like there's only two P- two organizations in on Seth Jones. Well, three actually. It seems like there's three teams uh, looking at Seth Jones right now, and that seems to be the Flyers, the Avalanche, Gulp on my end on that one, and uh, the Blackhawks. And I'm just like, and I'm just like, the Blackhawks are thinking trades right now, right? Like, don't they have bigger things to deal with? Like, why you need to get Stan Bowman on some sort of leave? So people who did not work there during this can be in charge of the organization for a while. I pivot off of that. I truly hope that the Avalanche don't trade for Seth Jones. Oh boy, the rumors are pretty bad. It looks like, like now that said, I haven't heard one credible person um, from within the Colorado organization give any sort of quote that the Avalanche are in on Seth Jones. It just seems to be like maybe his agent is saying that the Avalanche are in on Seth Jones. But I don't know. Everything I've heard has been like Byram, Barron, and a first. And I'm like, no, none of those things, right? Or no, sorry, not By- not Byram, but like. It's like Jost, Barron, and a first for Jones. And I'm like, why would you give up that much for a guy who's going to be the fourth best defenseman on the roster? Like, that you have to give a ridiculous contract to if you want to keep him beyond this year. Yeah. And, like, I don't, like, is it to get 
like more size on the back end for one year, which, you know, you should theoretically get that from Eric Johnson, unless Eric Johnson is completely cooked from this injury he's got. But, uh, yeah, it's just not, not a, not a smart move to acquire Seth Jones for, for, for the avalanche. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, uh, uh, pivoting uh, that the avalanche analytics department, mm-hmm. if their analytics chart, um, so they've been very good the last few years. Dawson other Spriggins than is their um, Dawson Springs is their is their analytics higher that they made? Um, yeah, and the team has vastly improved. Like there's 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 a direct correlation for those analytics people out. There's a direct correlation between the recent success of the Colorado Avalanche and uh, that man's hiring. So right, like, um, if his models on Seth Jones look anything like the ones that are publicly available. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say they would be making any Seth Jones trade under significant protest from him. Yeah. And hey, who knows what their models look like? Mm-hmm. Maybe his model has really liked something about Seth Jones. I don't know. But That's if his true. models look like the public ones, Seth Jones are not, is not a guy you give up a lot of stuff for. No, because like I said, he would be the fourth best like yeah. defenseman on this roster. He'd be behind Gerard, That's... Taves, and Makar. Yeah. And then uh, maybe Byram, maybe Byram, who knows? Yeah, right? that's like, actually the fourth best defenseman on the roster. That's an optimistic view about Seth Jones in the minds of some. Yeah. Mm. Like, well, uh, yeah. Some people <laughs> I mean, think Connor Timmons is better than he is. Yeah, right now. yeah. Some right. of the models say that right now, seriously. So, yeah. Mm. And Byram, same deal. So, let's see. Yeah. Uh, no, sir. Anyway, um, we've mentioned a couple times that the NHL has an expansion draft coming up, and Craig and I are going to deep dive into that on a future podcast. But uh, we thought it would be kind of fun, especially at the back end of, of this uh, probably the most serious podcast you and I have ever done in the, in the years we've been doing this. Um, I thought it would be fun to revisit the Vegas Golden Knights uh, expansion draft and kind of try to figure out, hey, how did this happen where uh, a team was able to put together a semi-credible island of misfit toys and go all the way to the Stanley Cup finals and that year and then end up losing to Washington. But uh, they have never missed the playoffs in the five-year history of the Vegas Golden Knights. The worst finish they've had is a first-round exit to the Sharks, that was a game seven that only occurred because of a phantom five minute penalty. Now that said, I've, I've, I've said you don't necessarily five, bad penalty calls will happen. You don't necessarily have to give up three to four goals on, on said power play. So um, the Knights got to look within on that one as well. But uh, I, I've kind of narrowed this down to what I'm calling the power five of, of, who allowed this to happen Craig do you have any guesses as to who the power five teams are um I would imagine some are easier than than others uh well very clearly uh, may, may I give you my my top five power rankings as far as teams that deserve scorn for the Golden Knights being this good so yeah so this is your power five I I have a power five but, but it, like I I'm very curious to see if it's if our five is the same and it and it very well might be go ahead so coming in, you know, I'll, I'll do this. Coming in at number five, I'll do it from, from five and backwards. Okay. Uh, I present to you mm-hmm. the Minnesota Wild. Yes, the Minnesota Wild, and I have ranked fifth as well 
in no. terms of uh, what they did. So let's let's go ahead and let's dissect what the Minnesota Wild did. Uh, Minnesota Wild, for contract reasons, had to protect Miko Koivu at the time. I believe he had uh, they had to protect Koivu and Pominville, who I believe had no trade clauses on right. their big ass contracts. Parise, Coyle, Granlund made sense. Nito, Nita, Ryder. Uh, Granlund and Nita, Ryder were like youngsters for them at the time. Uh, Zucker, Suter, they had to save because of his big boy contract as well. But um, even there, probably would have either way. Would have either way. Same with yeah. Parise. Parise, they had to save because of their big boy contract. And then Jonas Brodin, Jared Spurgeon, and Devin Dubnik, who at the time was a, was a pretty good goalie for them. That... Sounds pretty innocent enough, right, Craig? There weren't a lot of uh, terrible, terrible things. Here's where it goes off the rails for them. Uh, The Minnesota Wild had to cut a deal with uh, Vegas um, in which they traded Alex Tuck, who is on their first line, in exchange for selecting Eric Hola, and they also threw in a conditional third-round pick for that. So they gave them two guys. Giving up. Matt Dumba. Yeah. That's, what it, that, that's who this was about. Matt Dumba, they who they're going to give up to Seattle in the yeah. uh, expansion <laughs> draft, by the way. <laughs> and Eric Halla to avoid giving up Matt Dumba. Mm-hmm. Of the ones that are like that really helped Vegas build their team, this was the most understandable one from the perspective of, oh, yeah, we really just wanted Matt Dumba. Uh, I, I get that. I, I, I get that. But um, I don't understand why you give up two guys who are good NHL players. One, like I, I did, I didn't get it at the time. I just would have said to Vegas, I just would have said to Vegas, okay, you want Dumba, that's fine, but you can't like they, they gave you here's two thirds of a competent third line. You can just have it on cheap contracts. And the Eric Halla, the Eric Halla trade tree still exists because he gets traded to Carolina for a draft pick, and you know who else they got in that dra- in that trade? Nicholas Waugh, who's like a nice player for them. So, like, he, that's still like Tuck is a nice player for them, obviously, and Nicholas Waugh is yeah. a nice player, a guy that they wouldn't have had if yeah. they didn't get Eric Halla in the shakedown from Minnesota. So, there you go. <laughs> and that that they got that, and we have that ranked fifth. Yeah, okay. I have. I would like to continue next, and you see if you have this. I have, and I can't believe this is ranked fourth. Coming in at number four for me, the Pittsburgh Penguins, Craig. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Here, I, I understand why and what Pittsburgh did. Mm-hmm. They were it made sense space. at the time. For they sure. They were strapped salary cap space, and they had just won the Stanley Cup for the second year in a row with most of the games being played by another goalie. Mm-hmm. So, now, Pittsburgh... Yeah, so let's go through what Pittsburgh did. They they saved, I mean, these were names they were going to save, but for contract reasons, they had to save these guys anyway. Crosby, Kessel, Malkin, Latang. Uh, they went four and four, so they went, uh, like I said, Crosby, Kessel, Malkin, Latang. Those are the guys they were forced to retain, but, you know, those were guys they were going to retain anyway. Uh, they then hung on the Hornquist, Dumoulin, Olimata at the time, Justin Schultz, and then this is where it gets freaky. They held on to youngster Matt Murray, who had oh, yes. usurped the position of goaltender at the time, from Marc-Andre Fleury. And because that had happened, and as you mentioned, they had won the Cup, they felt that Marc-Andre Fleury was incredibly... Um, uh, was, was 5.6 or whatever it was that Fleury was making at the time was too much for a backup goalie for a year. Yeah, so they, which makes here's sense. A round, here's a second-round pick. Mm-hmm. Can you please take Marc-Andre Fleury off our hands? And, and, that, then, yeah, and, 
said, hey, we can get a famous goalie. Yep. To be sort of the center of our marketing campaign. Yeah, that's cool. He, he was anyway, their he he was anyway, their franchise player that they put on all the posters. <laughs> he did, five yeah. years later, he just won the Vesna Trophy. The Vegas Golden Knights have been to the uh, at least the conference finals in three of the uh, of the five. Uh, sorry, four of the five seasons they've been in existence. This this flurry Vesna Trophy. This is this is the. Um, Denzel winning for Training Day, the Leonardo DiCaprio winning for the Revenant. You think right? it's a life achievement award? I um, think so. I, doesn't it? Because that's like numbers and the numbers are similar, right? I would say I, I, I get where you're coming from. I will mm-hmm. say for me, numbers and eye test. Uh, I wasn't going to be mad no matter who voters went for out of Vasilevsky and Flurry. I wasn't going to be mad no matter who it was. Yeah. I, I'm fine. It just to me, it felt like it felt like the lifetime achievement award over. It, it felt like that was the tiebreaker to me between those two for a lot of the voters. Like, when, like, am I out of line saying that that it was kind of the life the lifetime achievement? Because this season's not necessarily his best work, but you know, it's great. He's thirty. I think he might have just had his best regular season. It's possible, man. Yeah, maybe. I'd have to. I haven't done, done a this. Is deep the best dive. defensive team he's ever played in, behind? I will say that. True. True. Um, yeah. I will ask you this about Mark Andre Fleury before we move on to number three. Um, is Mark Andre Fleury a uh, no doubt Hall of Famer for you? I think so. I think uh, he has. He's he, yeah, two cups. He got his Vesna now. Three cups. Yeah. Oh yeah, three. Sorry, I I yeah. kind of, I was he was the backup on the one. So you're right. I yeah. was taking that yeah. one away from him a little bit there. Yeah. But yeah. yes, three he cups on the record. Mark Andre Fleury yeah. owns three Stanley Cup rings. He was a first overall pick, and he has mm-hmm. a Vesna Trophy. And plus, yeah. like. I in a world that, where you don't okay, take goalies with high picks, too, right. and right, even, so even and like they didn't win the cup, but I think, hey, remember that time an expansion team made the finals? I was the goalie. I think that's <laughs> yeah. towards yeah. somebody's Hall of Fame case. Is what I for sure, say. for sure. Uh, who did you have ranked number four in your Power Five? Uh, I actually didn't even have the Pittsburgh Penguins on my list because, like, looking back, I understand why they did what they did. Yeah, okay. Uh, my number four was the New York Islanders. Okay. Lay it on me. I had the New York Islanders uh, laid off. Let me just give you the rundown on what the Islanders did. The New York Islanders, they went uh, – well, they went – wow, they were allowed to save five defensemen. I didn't know that. Um, so they saved Lad Tavares and – pardon? Three and five? Is that what they did? Three and five if you want. It just is unusual. Unusual. Well, okay. Well, they went three and five, and I'm staring at it right now, and they are the only team that went three and five. So they did Lad Tavares and Boychuk because of contract reasons. Uh, then it was Lee, Hamnick, Letty, Pelich, Pulak, and then they saved goaltender Thomas Grice. Um, all of that seems pretty decent, but um, go ahead and explain where they biffed it, Craig. <laughs> well, they. Gave out a contract to Mikhail Grabowski a couple of summers before that was not particularly Yep. to get off that. So they uh, sent a first-round pick and a second-round pick to the Vegas Golden Knights in order to make that happen. Uh, that first-round pick in the 2017 draft, uh, they that wound up being used by Vegas. Uh, well... They made some trades with that first-round pick. They wound up um, doing some swap-arounds, and eventually, you know, because that's the way hockey always goes, um, it, it, it bolstered their team. And 
I just don't think you need to give away a first. Like, I know that the Islanders had some guys they, they wanted to protect and make sure that they didn't get taken, but I just do not for the life of me understand how it was worth that first round pick to get off of Mikhail Grabowski. Mm. A first mm. and a second round pick. A first and a second round pick. Yep. <laughs> So I'll say it again. A first and a second round pick to get off of Grabowski. God damn it. Um, And when they signed him, they signed him away from the Leafs, right? And then we all knew that that, that, the second the ink was dry on that one, that was a bad contract, right? Like, So that pick was Eric Branstrom. That's Mm. who they picked with that selection. Eric Branson, of course, subsequently was traded to the Ottawa Senators for one Mark Stone. Yeah. Yeah, and that that directly led to them getting. So that's somewhere. a prospect that you don't have unless you're shaking down the Islanders, mm-hmm. and he was the piece you sent to Ottawa for Mark Stone. Yeah. Oof. So, so good. that's that that definitely helps Vegas today. Mm-hmm. All right, who did you have ranked third in your Power Five? Well, I, I went back and forth as far as who should be. Like, number one to me is very clear. I went number back one and, is such a bullet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I went with the Columbus Blue Jackets as my third ranked. Okay, I had them ranked second. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so here, here's what first. Yeah, so you, you, you explain Columbus, then I'll yeah. explain what. Yeah, so here's what Columbus did. Because of contract reasons, they had to protect uh, Dubinsky. Felino and Scott Hartnell. Uh, Scott Hartnell was the one that kind of hurt there because um, yep. he was past his prime. But uh, what are you going to do? Uh, they were able to save Cam Atkinson, Boone Jenner, Brandon Sod, who they then traded away to the Blackhawks, I think, almost immediately. Uh, Wenberg, Seth Jones, which makes sense at the time because he was still very good. Ryan Murray, Devin Sabard. And then because of contract reasons, they had to save Sergei Bobrovsky who they ended up losing uh, to oh, Florida. He, he yeah. won a best trophy in between. At the time, so it made sense yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so from, the, from the time between that expansion draft and the time he left the Blue Jackets, he won a Vesna in the middle. So mm-hmm. I get why they hung, hung on to that guy. So nothing shifty there, but Craig, please go ahead and explain Columbus's whoopsie during the expansion draft. <laughs> Do you like I you you you're getting off the David Clarkson contract, which was a lot of money. I get it. Mm-hmm. Give off a, the 2017 first and a 2019 second to get off the Clarkson contract. That's a lot to protect guys on your roster. Like you were really worried about Jonas Corposalo. That was the guy they had to keep was Jonas Corposalo. Okay, you couldn't have like. I know that Josh Anderson's in all the articles. If you had just gone to Scott Hartnell and said, look, we're going to lose Josh Anderson. Can you just waive your no trade? Maybe that conversation happens, right? Nonetheless, so Corpus Allo was the reason they did it. So to keep Corpus Allo and get rid of Clarkson, they gave up a 2017 first and a 2019 second, both of which are bad. The 2017 first turns into Nick Suzuki, who then turns into Max Pacioretty. That's helping Vegas today. That, though... Even if that's all that happened, that's bad. But the Blue Jackets didn't even do what the Islanders did or what the Jets did, which is, oh, you're getting stuff from us? All right, we get to decide who you pick from our unprotected list. No, they just said you can't have Anderson or Corpus Allo. So the Blue Jackets allow Vegas to take William Carlson. 40-goal scorer William Carlson. <laughs> with their expansion pick. <laughs> Oh, boy. So give up a first and a second to lose a player who's significantly better than the guys you were trying to keep. 
God. That's bad. Oh, and you had them ranked third. Third. Yeah. <laughs> Another Who's their their bonehead mistake didn't have anything to do with the expansion draft, but we'll we'll go. Well, actually, no, never mind. Yes, it did. Uh, and look, yeah. I know that Jackets fans might be like, "Well, William Carlson never scored more than nine goals. He played yeah. eighty plus games for us in two straight seasons. Never scored more than nine goals. What do you want?" Well, Vegas obviously thought he was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine if you're George McPhee negotiating that deal? You know, you're giving us a first and second. Okay, we'll take Clarkson. And you're waiting for them to say, yeah, but this is who you're taking off our roster. And they never mm. say it. You're like, oh, okay. And you're yeah. trying to get the call as soon as you can. Like, all right, just shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just let it happen, guys. Oh, so bad. So, Jeez. Carlson, since arriving in Vegas to play for the Golden Knights, 43 goals. Or that's an outlier season, to be clear. But still, 43 yeah. goals. 78 points. Following season, at 82 games, 56 points. 46 points in 63 the year after that. 39 mm. points in 56 games this year. Yeah, the first season, he definitely shot some high percentages, which everyone thought, like, you know, hey, maybe that'll come crashing down and he'll go back to, like, nine-goal William Carlson. But, no, it's clear that he's, you know, the proof has obviously been somewhere in the middle, more towards the top end of the 40, right? As now, some have argued that he's a bit of a Jonathan Marsa show creation, which – Sort of, but not like not entirely. Like he's he's a really good player, and one of the reasons why the Golden Knights tied for the best record in the NHL this year was because mm. they had the him and two other guys we'll mention when we get to the Florida section on a line together that was kind of going to town on other teams' uh, uh, lesser pairings when uh, Stone was off the ice. So yeah, yeah. So I had Columbus ranked second. You had them ranked third. Um, I'm guessing. So we had, I'm guessing we had two and three flipped. So. Yes. I had, as the second most uh, responsible team for the Vegas Golden Knights, being the Anaheim Ducks, Craig. What say you? Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I had them second as well. Yeah. Uh, I had them third. I had Columbus, I had Columbus yeah, one. Yeah, I thought Columbus's was more egregious. So Anaheim's... The Ducks had a bunch of good players, and they didn't want to lose them. Yeah. Okay. I, I understand. I understand. Yeah. Well, here's what the Ducks did. Let me just give it to you. And and a lot of this has to do with the fact that the Ducks contracts were the product of a they were the product of a a, a bygone team that was. I mean, there's 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 a little bit of the past coming back to haunt them, right? They got old. That was a little bit what happened. They had to save Getzlaff. They had to save Kessler. They had to save Corey Perry, who were all well past their primes at 2017. But you know, I think they still made the playoffs that year, and they were still pretty good. They thought they had one more run in them, did yeah. the Ducks? I think that they, that that group did have a couple of more seasons yeah. where they were, you know, a legitimate – like, I'm not going to say legitimate Stanley Cup contender, but a good team. Mm-hmm. The thing is, so, though, saving – the forwards weren't the problem. No, yeah, here's where it gets uh, – so – Getzlaff, Kels, uh, Kessler, and Perry, they all had to save because of the big-time no-trade clause team deals that they had given them years before. Nothing you could do. They saved Cogliano, Raquel, Silverberg, Vermette. Um, John Gibson was goaltender they saved. The defensemen, they saved Cam Fowler and Lindholm, but this is where it gets freaky. They had to save Kevin Bieksa because he had a no-trade clause and was well past being a viable NHL player in at the 2017. Very, the five, six defenseman at best. So, yeah. To me, the problem wasn't that you didn't, that you protected Kevin Bieksa. To me, the problem was you signed that contract 
less than a year before. Well, no, I should say, yeah, less than a year before that expansion draft was going to happen. And you yeah. gave Kevin BX a, a full no movement clause. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? If Kevin Bieksa insists on a no trade, that's fine. What you say to him is, Kevin, you can have the no trade. That's okay. But we're not giving you the no movement because we need to preserve our expansion flexibility. Mm-hmm. They did no such thing. Not something they did. So mm-hmm. they wind up to appease. that They basically knew they were going to lose somebody good from their from their defense core and they really wanted to make sure that it wasn't going to be Vatnin and it what who they subsequently traded to New Jersey and for Adam Henrique guy who they waived this year and they really wanted to make sure that it wasn't going to who's the other defenseman they were trying to keep now it's uh uh one of their other young gun guys that are that's a nice player and it's going to come to me as I'm talking, so give me a second. Yeah. Um, so because of this, they have to bribe the Vegas Golden Knights with Shea Theodore. <laughs> jo- oh, uh, Josh Manson was the other one. Josh Manson. Yeah, yeah, I was just Bob looking him up Vegas on HockeyDB. Shea Theodore to make sure that they don't take Josh Manson or, or Sammy Vatnin. So mm-hmm. for starters, Shea Theodore... Hadn't proven it in the NHL yet, but better than all three of those guys. Or better than both those guys. Secondly, and Kevin BX apparently said that, well, they never asked me to waive my no trade, but uh, I would have if they did. I don't care what Kevin BX said. Why the hell did you give Kevin BX a no movement clause? That's the thing. You could have just protected Josh Manson and said to the Golden Knights, oh, you want Vatanen? Fine. But we're not giving you Shea Theodore. He's better than Vatanen anyway. Mm -hmm. And then you're, you're fine. They get one player. And you're good. Instead, you just give them a core piece like Shea Theodore. Like, what are you doing? And this is the lesson that, and we'll get into this, I'm sure, at the very end of this. The lesson that teams need to take from this is, A, don't give out no movement clauses from, like, like, like they're candy at a parade. And B, if the team is going to just, if the expansion team is just going to take one guy and it hurts a little bit, that's fine. What you don't do is let them go into your prospect pool, and that's exactly what the Ducks did to themselves. Yeah. And Vegas got Clayton Stoner out of it <laughs> as well, right? Or, sorry. The Knights did. Take this crappy contract off your hands. Give us yeah. Give us, uh, give us Theodore. So, of course, the Golden Knights are like, yeah, whatever. Who cares about Clayton Stoner's $3 million contract? We've got noodles mm-hmm. and which brings us to the final one. And when you're putting together a uh, who's responsible for this Vegas team, you start with this team and you build your way out from there. Which brings us to, as mentioned, number one with an absolute hail of bullets. The Florida freaking Panthers, Craig. Oh, my God. Now, here's what they did. Barkov, they went four and four. Barkov. Bukestad, Huberto, Trotschek, sounds pretty good so far. Those are guys I'd want to protect. Keith Yandel, whoops, had to protect him because of a no-movement clause that he had. Ekblad, makes sense. Petrovic, he's a pretty good prospect. Mark Piesic, ooh, whoopsie there. And then James Reimer, because you got to protect a goaltender. Here's... Pardon? They traded Petrovic for next to nothing a year after this happened. Yeah... 
But just adding to the to the to just the absolute colossal f up, Craig, bring us home on how the Florida Panthers botched this operation because all that sounds pretty good on paper, right? Those are guys I might want to keep on my hockey team. Hey, the the Petrovic thing was was mm-hmm. ridiculous. They terrible. They he was something that he wasn't, and again, mm-hmm. he gets traded to Edmonton for close to nothing after that occurred. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's there's that. Um, beyond that, they've just thought, okay, we got to make sure we keep you know guy X and guy Y. So I guess they were really concerned about losing. I don't know, Jason Demers. They could have just gone with. Um, well, I don't know. There's all sorts of different things they could have done. They just could have protected eight skaters. And I know that Yandel had the no trade. Or here's the other thing you do. You lose one guy. Mm-hmm. So they left Riley Smith unprotected. <sighs> and they, uh, they, so which in and of itself was ridiculous because Riley Smith's a nice player. So what they said was, if you're to take Marcia show off our hands, because I'm Dale Talent, I'm taking over. I don't like anything the computer boys did. And the computer boys really like Jonathan Marcia show. To take Marissa Show off our hands, we'll give you Riley Smith on top of that for a <laughs> two thirds of their top line. <laughs> this was two thirds of the oh, top God. Stanley Cup Finals. Less than twelve months after that decision was made. Yeah. Oh, I got. It's a really, really good hockey player. Really good hockey player, and the stat people at the time all knew this. Mm-hmm. This was not secret for them. And Vegas had Jonathan Marsa show on a nothing contract for a year because of this debacle. Absolutely indefensible. Yeah. I mean, it's clear. Talon trying to spite the computer. And that's what they call them. The Dale Talon trying to spite the computer boys who were running the Florida front office the year before he got there. And that was just that they're a, they're a worse hockey team because of it. So if you're mad to me, I, I, I'm not mad at the Vegas success at all even a little bit because I think that this is this, the team being as good as they've been for the five last five years is a walking monument to the foolishness of NHL general managers. And I enjoy yeah. walk, that walking monument. Um, geez, like just to spite some, some stat guys that used to work in your front office, you're giving away top six wingers, two of them when you could have just lost one. Like, what are you doing? It just, oh. yeah, yeah. It they're just bizarre. They're, they're the only team who it is far and away completely so obvious. Jonathan Marshall scored 30 goals. Yeah. Jonathan Marshall scored 30 goals in his last season in Florida. And he gets left unprotected. He just should have got, he just, they just, they should have gone seven and three. It is so obvious they should have gone seven and three because you, you keep Barkov Bark like so obviously they they Barkov Bukestad Huberto and Trutchek were guys they wanted. You throw probably Riley Smith and Marsha so into that, and then I don't know one other forward at the time who you might have liked Keith Yandel. You're forced to take Ekblad. You keep, and then I guess you got to figure out who you like let between Pet. Let him have Petrovic. Yeah, let him have Petrovic or or Piesic, whoever you value more out of those two, right? Like, it, but it, it's. Never understood the fascination with Petrovic. He was never good. No, I don't get it either. But yeah, the, it, like obviously it should have been let him have Petrovic. Would have been would have been the move. And it, and and it he, was just Vegas's oh. front office probably wouldn't have taken him. 
No. If you do, even if you do your protection list right, they probably take. Oh, maybe they take Colton Skeevier. I don't know, but like, whatever. Like, just I don't know. It just the whole thing was yeah. absolutely uh, comically awful. And I, 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 in preparation for this, I was looking at some uh, uh, fan blogs from from 2017. I'm going to mm-hmm. read you a passage from from uh, therattrick.com, and I, I I know this is. Well, I shouldn't even say this is hindsight, so I'm throwing somebody on the bus. This is a stupid take, so I don't mind making fun of Joey Bailey, whoever mm-hmm. that is. The Golden Knights will most likely be selecting one of the players listed above. And he listed, yeah. There will be, as there may have been some outrage about Jonathan Marsha show being left protected, there's always two sides. Oh, okay. Yes, he had a huge season. Hitting the 30-goal mark wasn't something we expected at all. However, if he continues at that pace next season, extending him on another team-friendly deal may not be possible. Mm-hmm. Your justification for letting the Golden Knights have Jonathan Marsha show is, well, if he scores 30 goals again, then what do you do? You're going to have to give him some more money. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, this is a team that would give the what? worst con. This is a team that currently owns that would sign two years later, the worst contract in the national hockey league right now, $10 million for a third string goaltender. Craig. <laughs> like, I just like, well, what are they doing? What if he scores 30 goals again? What do you, what do you do then? We might have a good player on our team. (laughs) He had, he had 75 points his first year in Vegas. Oh my God. Again, that whole first line went on a bit of a heater that year, but the second year, 59 points in 82 games, Mm -hmm. 66 games, 47 points in 1920. And uh, 44 points in 55 games this past season. You look over at Riley Smith, who does everything. He kills penalties. He's good defensively. Um, the offensive number is not as as as, as gaudy, but he's had he, until this past season. Uh, he had three consecutive seasons where he got at least 53 points, and mm-hmm. that was maxing out at 74 games, mostly because well, some injuries, some pandemic. But you see what I'm saying. Um, they gave up two legitimately very good top six forwards. Madness. Just absolutely madness. When they could have gotten out of there giving up nothing more than a six defenseman. Oh, absolutely insane. Oh, God. God, I love it. I love how terrible it is. And I like that we get to do this again. Um, Craig, we're going to get you back on here soon to uh, you and I are going to draft the the Seattle expansion, I think, in a week or two before – well, we'll try to do it right before, like when when we know what the protection list will look like. Well, I'd I I th- I think I would like to see how close we get to figuring what, out, uh, like, in, yeah, sure, yeah, well, yeah, we'll, we'll 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 do a a we'll come collectively on here and do a Vegas expansion draft, and then see how close we get when the when the actual S goes down as far as uh, as far as the teams and whatnot. I think that'll be a lot of fun because, and who knows when when the hell's the next time we're gonna get to do an expansion team fantasy draft right like so I, th- I think that'll be a lot of fun so we'll do that in the next couple of weeks um do you think the stanley cup finals is over uh tampa up two nothing having stolen uh, game two. I will say, um in the last uh three seasons of nhl hockey uh tampa bay has lost four times in the space of five games twice mm-hmm. uh one of those times very very famous to be clear um yeah. I'm not saying montreal can't do it i just think that this tampa bay team losing four times in five games against anybody is unlikely mm-hmm. highly unlikely. yeah this is why they play the games though right this is why they play the games like i th- i think i mean obviously the habs got to get game three they they got to yeah they're not losing four tampa bay is not losing four in a row no yeah. way that 
Except for that one time. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah. Well, that, yeah. That's the famous time I was talking about. <laughs> exactly, was, right? Yeah. Uh, I will say this. Since then, that Tampa Bay team, A, completely lost all their confidence. B, had Kucherov suspended for a game. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, like, you know, it was just a series from hell for them, obviously. But, I like, yeah, you're right. My, if Montreal doesn't win game three, we're done. We're, we're done. I think it'll be I think it'll be good with this Kucherov thing in it. The NHL I, I don't like we don't have a villain right now in the NHL. I I, I think uh, I, I think the 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 new the Tampa Bay Lightning are dangerously close to getting into New England Patriots territory with the way they um, skirted the rules slash cheated this year and then they're have, still going to win. Scripter. I know, but it is what it is. It's 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 Bill Belichick logic. It's it's something Bill Belichick would have actually absolutely yeah, done he, if Bill Belichick yeah. did stuff like when when the Patriots have been stripped draft picks, he did stuff that was explicitly and specifically against the rules. I know, I know. I'm not saying it's not cheating, but it's dirty pool for sure. Is, if you want to say it's dirty is. pool, fine. All I'm saying is if you want to be mad at somebody. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at Julian Brisebois. I'm not mad at the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm not no, mad at I'm just, yeah. I am mad at Gary Bettman. I am mad at Bill Daly. I am mad at the, mm-hmm. the NHL owners, specifically Jeremy Jacobs, who designed this shitty CBA. That's yeah. why. So I don't. For I just, sure. I just don't think anyone should be angry at the Tampa Bay Lightning. And and remember this: eh. in 2015, when the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup, <laughs> yeah, uh, they were the mo- they were the most active uh, team, saying, "Hey, we should stop this." Yeah. And the, yeah. they, they put, put put forward a proposal saying, "Hey, we got to close this LTIR playoff loophole. We got to do something else." 29 yeah. teams said, "No thanks." Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you yeah, like? Here we are. Yeah. You should be mad uh, if you if you are mad at the Tampa Bay Lightning are doing this. Be mad at the now, this is the dirtiest version of it, which was they kept Kucherov out the whole regular season. He was healthy a month before the season. But, but even even still, and, and also, this is not something you could have ever gotten away with in a full 82-game season. For a couple of reasons. One, Kucherov's injury wouldn't have kept him out that long. And two, I think that they would have started to maybe run out of gas if you didn't have a guy like Kucherov in the lineup. Either way... This is um, this is a situation. I don't know if this loophole is going to get closed, but I'm not mad at the Tampa Bay Lightning for exploiting it. I'm mad at the league for allowing it to exist. Mm-hmm. Still hilarious to me. And l- like I said, certainly Patriots a Jace, and it wouldn't be my, it, it wouldn't be a bad thing going forward if uh, the Lightning became kind of Patriots light with like that, hey, like to say that hey the, the Lightning are going to become the villains because they win a lot. That is. Mm-hmm. is fine with me i've got no problem with yep. that but to me the difference between tampa bay and the Patriots in this situation is tampa bay has en- essentially said hey everybody look what we're doing yeah this That's is our true. the last time we talked about this in the podcast i said they should just you know go full colonel nathan jessup you're goddamn right i skirted the salary cap <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's the second of few good men reference of this podcast, which means it's time for us to get out of here. Uh, crossover podcast. Not the, oh, don't think I don't love them. Uh, crossover podcast available at crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossover podcast. Uh, we're also on iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. We're pretty much on most of your podcatchers out there. Please, uh, whatever you happen to uh, subscribe to us with, uh, please leave us a review. Five stars only, though. Uh, we're on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, all those lovely places. Um, I might be back next week. I think we got, 
I might take next week off again, and then we'll come back with the uh, finale of uh, with the guys on the other side with the Loki finale. I haven't had a chance to talk about that. And then once the Loki finale's on, I would imagine that we'll get Craig back on, and that's when we'll do our uh, little Vegas ex- or uh, Seattle expansion fantasy draft there, and then see how close we were. So you know, I, you'll be hearing from me sooner rather than later. Uh, as far as the podcast goes, we'll, we'll be trying to get back to uh, to weekly uh, podcasts again soon enough. Just a lot going on in the world right now and, uh, you know, stuff to do. Um, Craig, pleasure as always doing this with you. Glad I, we were able to do this. We got a lot of stuff off our chest, I think, about this Blackhawks thing, which I, I feel better about. But uh, hopefully uh, people keep talking, keep tweeting, keep uh, retweeting and and just hammering home i just we can't let that go away gotta gotta keep that in in the in the public eye for sure so that they they don't just try to ignore this and sweep it under the rug uh that said it was a pleasure doing this with you as always uh take care and we'll talk to you next time on the crossover podcast